Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Title, The Rise of Relationship Independence, Why Generation Z Women Are Choosing No Commitment By J. Adams Romantic Truth Podcast June 1, 2023 In a world where commitment has long been considered a cornerstone of romantic relationships, a new trend has emerged among Generation Z women. Increasingly, young women are choosing to embrace relationship independence and forego traditional commitments. This shift reflects the evolving attitudes and desires of a generation raised in a rapidly changing social landscape. One of the primary reasons behind this choice is the desire for personal freedom and self-discovery. Generation Z women are determined to establish their identities, explore their passions, and focus on personal growth before settling down into long-term commitments. They see relationships as potential distractions from their individual journeys and prefer to prioritize their own goals and aspirations. Moreover, the rise of digital technology has profoundly affected the way young people interact and form connections. Social media, dating apps, and online communities have provided an unprecedented level of choice and convenience in the dating world. Generation Z women are exposed to a vast array of options, making it easier than ever to connect with different individuals without the need for commitment. The fear of being tied down or experiencing the potential pain of heartbreak is another factor that contributes to this shift. Many young women have witnessed the dissolution of their parents' relationships or have observed the struggles of older generations when it comes to long-term commitment. As a result, they have become wary of entangling themselves in situations that could lead to emotional turmoil. Additionally, the societal norms around relationships have evolved over time. Traditional gender roles and expectations are being challenged, allowing women to pursue their own ambitions and be financially independent. Generation Z women are less likely to rely on relationships for financial stability or societal validation. They seek to establish themselves as individuals first, rather than defining their worth through romantic partnerships. Furthermore, the ongoing conversation around mental health has played a significant role in shaping the attitudes of Generation Z women towards commitment. This generation is more open about mental health struggles, seeking therapy, and prioritizing their emotional well-being. They recognize the importance of personal happiness and are unwilling to compromise their mental and emotional health for the sake of a committed relationship. It is essential to note that while commitment may be less appealing to many Generation Z women, it does not imply a lack of desire for meaningful connections or intimacy. Casual relationships, friends with benefits, and open arrangements are becoming more prevalent as alternatives to traditional commitments. These arrangements allow young women to explore their emotional and physical needs while maintaining a level of freedom and flexibility. In conclusion, the decision of Generation Z women to embrace relationship independence reflects their desire for personal freedom, self-discovery, and a shift in societal norms. They prioritize their own growth, explore a vast array of options, and challenge traditional expectations. The fear of heartbreak and the emphasis on mental health also contribute to their choice. 
As we navigate this changing landscape of relationships, it is essential to understand and respect the individual choices of young women as they seek happiness and fulfillment on their own terms. Remember to tune into the Romantic Truth Podcast for more discussions on love, relationships, and the ever-evolving dynamics of the modern dating world. Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this article are those of the author and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. Yes indeed, we're going to talk about the Gen Z women, Generation Z, born between the years 1996 and 2009. Now, there's something that I need to say about this particular generation that we need to look at, folks. This is the evolution of women in our society and in our times today. Now, what are some of the differences here? specifically. They've learned lessons from the past. Now, fellas, these are women that would probably be more um, accommodating when it comes to a relationship in a couple of senses. Not because they're easy or nothing like that. Let's get that out of there. But because of them being more self-aware. They're not going to be the generation of deniers. In the past, This is what we face with a lot of women. These women will openly express themselves in a way where they're not going to be one of these activists out with a sign holding it up all the time. These are the women that will go and instead of standing outside drinking bottled water in a picket line, they will go and try to run for public office to change things. Now, a couple of things about this generation that was pointed out here that's very true. As far as a relationship, these women do not look at that as the panacea of life. Unlike the boomer generation, the silent generation, going backwards. Instead, they have picked up where Gen X left off, but they put it on steroids. In essence, what they're doing is saying, you know what, let me get my education. Let me make my own money. I'm not gonna be dependent on a man. I'm going to have myself together for me first. In other words, these women are taking the attitude that men have taken for years. But the difference is, these women are not losing their feminine touch, but they're going to become more sensitive when it comes down to what it takes to be with them. They're going to exploit the different choices they have for relationships. So it's not going to be a situation where... They're just going to go and get in a monogamous relationship right off the bat or one where they're just going to go and try to feel some sort of societal norm just for the hell of it. This is the objective female that you're dealing with now. Now, the reason why these women are so popular, especially with older men, men who are boomers like myself and Gen Xers, is because of the fact that these women are more aware and more proactive in their feelings and their lives. And another thing here, more astute men are not threatened by the success of these women or the tenacity of them. Because the thing is, they know who they are. They don't mind expressing themselves. See, in the past, a lot of women were restricted to the societal norms and they stayed within the guidelines. 
which meant that a lot of men found it very difficult when these women would raise their standards on all of these material things they wanted. Well, these Gen Z women are saying, you know what, that's all well and good, but that doesn't define me. I have, my self-esteem is not low enough where I have to go and have a product, a purse, an automobile, or men's wealth to define me or to make me feel special or to make me feel better. So what has happened now, they have voided that whole approach. Instead, what they're looking at is more self-reliance, more self-confidence, and they're looking at the fact that they don't necessarily need to go and define themselves based on someone else's uh, assessment. And that means a lot, because what that also means in essence, they're looking for substance in the man. They want to know more about him, his character, what he's about. Now, there are some downsides to dating a Gen Z woman. One of them, of course, being that she may not have the confidence in the sense of her being exposed to social media, Instagram, those kind of things. Because you have to remember, she is one of the generations that grew up in this technology. So this is going to impact her at an early age. And it's not uncommon for these women, by the time they're 13, to have low self-esteem based on bullying online. And so this is something they may struggle with. But here's the thing. They're less concerned about the appearance of them going to get mental health services or support. Unlike people in the past, where it would have brought shame on the family. They would have been more embarrassed about this. These women also have no compunction when it comes down to expressing their sexual desires. If so desired, if they want to sleep with a guy, they will tell the guy, hey, I just want to sleep with you. I don't want a relationship. But see, they can do that. Or else they may want to have a friends with benefits relationship where they can say, don't get serious about me. We can go do our thing, have our fun. I'm still looking for someone else in the future, not necessarily you. In other words, they can be more candid than women have been in the past. They don't have to hide their emotions. They don't have to mask it around a whole bunch of politically correct jargon. Now, they're also more accepting and tolerant when it comes down to interracial relationships, gender identity, those kind of things, they're very sensitive there. Now, one of the weaknesses, however, could be their sensitivities. Because once again, as I've always told you, if you're too sensitive, you're easier to manipulate because the person knows exactly what buttons to push. And this is a thing that they have to be mindful of. Now, with this generation, what do you have? You're gonna have more educated women, more informed women, it's going to be harder to lie to them, to bullshit them. Many of these women are going to be financially stable. So you may see a decrease in the number of women who would normally go get divorced from their husband and fall into that 20 percentile of poverty. That number will more than likely decrease. Meaning also, these women are not going to sit out and have a whole bunch of kids. See, they've learned their lesson from the past generations. 
and they don't see the benefit of many of the things that, of course, we tried in my generation and generation before me with Gen X and Gen Y, tried to convey that, hey, you know, it's okay to be married, blah, 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 blah. This is wonderful. You go out and get a house, you get a career, blah, blah, blah. They're not falling for that anymore. So they have more of an independent view of life where they're saying, well, you know what? Um, I'm not going to put my hands, my whole life in the hands of a corporation. I'm not going to put my life and my identity based on a product. So they're diversifying. Now, what are some of the issues that they're contending with now? One of them, believe it or not, for some, it's attention. Because some of them have become so independent, so self-reliant, that they're missing that component. And so what's happening? They want to go and they want to be recognized, acknowledged. But not in the sense of the past where it was all about the body, all about their shape, and that kind of thing. They want to be recognized and acknowledged for who they are as people. And so, likes, sharing information, going online in order to interact with other people that have some of the issues they have. They have thrown away the embarrassment of the past where women wouldn't do that because it would bring shame to the family name and those kind of things. They're past that and they're not going to that or even back to it because they realize that it didn't work. They've looked at some of their parents and how they failed in their marriages. Some of them come in from broken homes, divorcees, divorced parents. And as they see it, marriage is not worth it. They see some of their older siblings that have gone to these major universities and they have failed and boomeranged back home, mainly after COVID and other situations they've been faced with. And they're saying, what's the use? You went out and spent all that money on your education and you wound up coming back home. I'm not going to spend that kind of money. I'm going to get my education, but I'm not going to spend as much money as you did. And I'm going to more efficiently get an education equivalent to what you had for less money. But I'm not going to put myself in the hole. Now, there's another group of Gen Zers that we don't really talk about that much. And they're the Henrys. High earners, not rich yet. These are the kids that went and took it on their own to live better than their parents. They want to outboom the boomers. So what did these folks want to do, basically? And the Gen Xers as well. They wanted to go out there and go to one of these Ivy League schools, spend a hell of a lot of money on them, and then live the life of Riley. But many of them realized, wait a minute, I spent all this money, yes, I'm making these six figures, but the lifestyle is also eating up everything as I make it. Student loans, mortgage, you name it. And a lot of these people are overwhelmed. And many of them are looking for that student loan relief. But if you notice what has happened recently, there's been a decrease in people applying for these major universities. And the reason for that is because a lot of them are getting it. This generation is saying, 
Okay, we have everything online now. Where is the savings? Because they cannot equate spending all of this money according to what these schools charge. Because this is one thing, if you notice, that nobody complains about university tuition going up every year. And they're saying you have technology now, a component that you didn't have in the past, where the cost could have been justified because of all of the facilities you had to run and everything. But now that you don't have all of this, why is it still so high when I go on, online and take classes? And this is the question they're asking. So what it comes down to here is it's getting harder to justify because what these individuals are doing is they're holding certain institutions accountable. So this is a whole different animal that we're dealing with. Now, they're also sensitive about climate change, about their health, and their mental health. So what you have here is a person that's more spatial in their thinking. Meaning that these people just don't fit with every kind of group of folks. So if you're a traditionalist trying to go and rustle this person in like in the past, and you're going to try to get them to comport themselves to what your beliefs are, if you're one of these people with confirmation bias, and then you have that component of cognitive dissonance in order to try to make them see it your way and then just walk away when they're trying to express themselves, you will never be successful in a relationship with this type of person. They're not going to change. And here is the difference. They have got a sense of self and identity at a very young age. This is the very problem I had growing up. Because when you have the exposure to the resources, you advance in so many other areas of life where tradition and those kind of things, they are more or less uh, practices you just go through for the hell of it to appease people. And that's all it is. It has nothing to do with you really adhering to some of the things that have been traditional just because of, of the sake of being some sort of valued family tradition. We changed. People have changed. Even my generation, Gen X, Gen Y, they're growing out of some of those habits. And the reason why they're doing this is because of the fact that they don't like the fact that they had to do this over the years. And it was not a part of them. It was imposed on them by others. The way they had to think, the group think. Go along to get along. Well, this generation also, Gen Z, believe it or not, are asking questions. There's a component of them that are going back to religious institutions, but under different circumstances. They're not going in where they're followers, they're going in as questioners. They're asking more questions. They want more validity. 
Why am I doing this? For what reason? Show me where the facts are with this. They're asking questions like this. Questions back when I would ask, I got kicked out of a church. But they could ask now and still be a member. So these are some of the differences that we're contending with compared to then and now when you're dealing with Gen Z women. Now, we're going to talk more in just a moment. Now, many of the Gen Z women that I've interviewed and talked with and dated have told me a couple of things that opened my eyes. One of them being, they look at self-imposed setbacks as failures and they're not gonna make excuses for themselves. They have 33 forms of birth control now for women. So as they see it, they don't accept the excuses anymore. They look at pregnancy now as a deliberate act. Not something that just happened. One thing led to another. These are the women that will tell a guy to put on a condom while they still have the IUD or have whatever preventive measure in order to keep them from becoming pregnant. It varies in different demographics as to the severity of this. There are some that just don't give a shit as there are in every aspect of our society. There are others that have issues pertaining to things that are intrinsic to their lives person may feel abandoned and therefore they want to have a child someone to love them because nobody else did you will have that throughout all generations among other situations but what we're talking about is the behavior of the majority now another thing that we have to come to grips with with a lot of these Gen Z women is that gratification is a norm now. See, it used to be this thing where women had themselves on this pedestal and the man had to please her not only financially but in the bedroom and all this stuff and she would control him by telling him how marginal he was, how inadequate, remember that word, He was in certain aspects of trying to please her. Well, these women are saying, no, instead of criticizing him, I'm going to tell him how we could improve things between the two of us, where it could be a pleasurable experience between both of us. So what you're getting now is a woman that is more sensitive. A lot of African-American women are wondering why a lot of these younger white women are taking African-American men. They're not taking them. These men are giving themselves to them and women of other ethnicities and backgrounds because of this mindset. They're not being criticized. They're being treated as an equal partner. 
you can have your high standards. And what these guys are looking at, why should I measure up to this woman's high standards that's living in the hood? When I can get a girl in the suburbs that doesn't have all of that, who's willing to work with me. Or a woman overseas that doesn't have all these standards because she's already got her shit together. And that's what these guys are looking at. And a lot of these women are being exploited by others that are basically telling them, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do this. And these women have been doing it and they're stuck on the aspect of trying to be beautiful and fine and going out and spending money on BBLs before they spend money on their education for their own benefit. That's been the problem. Most black men will not say this because they don't want to screw up their opportunity to screw you and keep you in that same position you've been in for the longest. Many of you wound up with children, with men that supposedly loved you. And the only thing they did was screw you and left. And left you with a child. Now, here's a sad reality of all of this. It's not your skin color. It's not your race. It's not the texture of your hair. It's not your... If you would get rid of the physical side of things and start thinking logically and realize the real problem, it would help you immensely as far as choosing and selecting a decent man. But as long as you're hung up on the aesthetics, it's going to make you fall short. Even some of these Gen Z women are not even dressing up for dates anymore. They're going out in flannel shirts, jeans, t-shirts. They've taken some aspects of women in other generations. Ladies, those of you who are Gen Xers in your 50s, and you're trying to be comfortable, especially you boomer ladies. You're walking around in flats and those kind of things. That's what some of these girls are doing now that are in the Gen Z generation. They're saying, accept me as I am because I'm not changing. I'll put on a little gloss, a little this or a little that, but I don't want to be a Beyonce. I don't want to be a Kim Kardashian. I want to be me. That's what I get back from a lot of these young women. And so with that, what they're doing is they're letting men know there's more to me than a pretty face and a nice ass. Get to know me as a woman. They have reverse engineered everything from previous generations. Now, are these people flawless? Of course not. They have flaws just like every other generation. But one thing that I will give them credit for, they were creative enough to look back and see certain components of past generations that failed 
avoided them, and the things that worked, they took with them. So what are some of the other things that these women are dealing with? One thing that they've improved on immensely, rejection. A Gen Z woman can take rejection better than any other group of women. Why so? Because men for the longest had to be politically correct when they said no. Men had to also, if the woman was still pursuing him, he couldn't be mean to her. He couldn't like tell her off, so to speak. Because if he did that, what would happen? All the other men would come in on him. All the other women would come in on him. These women now, if they're told no, they accept no. And they move on. And the reason why they don't worry about it so much is because of the fact that they know there's a yes coming just around the corner. So they're not stuck with no for the rest of their lives. They don't look at it as a terminal situation where it's going to impact them to that level. And so with that said, they're always going forward. Now, is this fail-safe? Is it foolproof? Does it apply to every Gen Z woman? Of course not. Because we sometimes like to think in extremes because this is the way we have been brought up just to be results-oriented. No, with this show, you're going to make the sausage and you're going to serve it. This is not one of these little bullshit shows where we're just going out there and just saying, okay, and here you go, like a YouTube video, a how-to, where they show you what they're going to do first, and then they show you the end product, but you don't see how they resolve the issue. We're not doing that. And folks, there's a fly in here, and he's getting on my damn nerves. And I know I'm not supposed to commit murder as a human being, but I'm going to murder his ass when he flies around me again. But this is what I'm saying. Overall, these women get it. They understand it. And that's one thing that I appreciate about the younger generation here. They're not so self-conscious about who they are. A lot of these women are realizing, hey, you know what? This social media shit, uh, I'm getting this negative feedback and this negative vibe. Let me lay off of it. So they're comfortable with blocking people. They're comfortable with not being around someone or not having to win someone over or having someone win them over. They'll save the guy the time and tell him thanks but no thanks. So they're not going to sit there and try to lead him on and then eventually drop him off. They'd just rather say, hey, you know what? We're not going to make it and just deal with that and go forward with it, which is understandable and which is greatly appreciated by most men. And so these are some of the reasons why these women are becoming very popular. Even though their numbers are small, statistically, we still now value them in a different way as men because of the fact that we know this is a precious resource. Now, a lot of women, older women, don't want to hear this because we've been conditioned by society to think that 
every younger generation behind us is worse off than we were or in some way are inferior to us. Well, that's just a stereotype. That's not necessarily the truth. That's something to make people feel good. But the reality of it is somebody said that about you. So where does it end? And what's happening now is a lot of people are seeing through the nonsense. They're seeing through the foolishness. They're seeing through the unwarranted reasoning for many of the attitudes, the ways that we think, the way we look at things. Because you really look at it, a lot of it had to do the benefit people of the particular time. And this is what is now becoming a little bit more difficult to do. Because now people can go online and meet new friends. They don't necessarily have to be stuck with the people that they grew up with. They could have a support mechanism that's out of state somewhere or out of the country. That's totally unrelated to what they're dealing with stateside. So they don't have those issues like they had in the past where basically if you weren't liked among your friends at high school or something like that, you were stuck with it. Now you have more diversity. And it means a lot more. You have more clout. And you can meet people in various places, unlike before, that could lift you out of situations. These are all advantages that they have and that they grew up in that environment. Unlike many of us, boomers, Gen Xers, Gen Ys, well, Gen Ys had some semblance of an advantage over us. But for the most part, we have to learn things that they're already comfortable with. So, what's some of the appealing things about a Gen Z woman? She can teach older men new tricks. This is the appeal, ladies. This is what gets our attention. They're not critics. They're companions. They're constructive. Even if they see something that could be worked on before they tear the man down, guess what they'll do? Try to help him out. Even if he's not for her. Even if she sees him as a friend. That's the distinction. One of the main complaints I get from men about women in the Gen Y generation and some of the Gen X, they have issues with the negative disposition and negative attitude that many of the women have because of poor choices, poor life choices they had made prior. And they celebrate those that have made great choices in the past. So it becomes very difficult for them to manage it or relationship with them when they have a negative disposition and the attitude with it, but they don't see their own flaws. And they just say, my way or the highway. Well, nobody wants to deal with that. Women wouldn't want to deal with that with men. So why should a man have to put up with it? Just because you have a nice body, pretty face, 
Doesn't mean shit this day. The reason being is because of the fact that you're faced with more competition. It's not a captive audience anymore domestically. Men are going globally looking for wives and girlfriends. The old mindset was you were just like General Motors used to be in Ford. We'll still make shitty cars because we have a captive American audience and they're going to buy our cars because we don't have foreign cars coming in. They used to think this way in the 80s. Until Americans got tired and the Japanese said, ah, we could build a car that lasts 10 years. And so guess what happened? They went for those vehicles. And Americans started losing, losing market share. People weren't buying those shitty cars that would fall apart at 48 months. So what that meant was America had to improve in order to get the market back. And it took them well into the 2000s in order to do it. And ladies, this is what will happen have to happen to many of you. See, there are not enough Gen Z women to go around that are single compared to the population. But they get it. They understand it. Now, the generation behind them, Generation Alpha, they have problems. And the problems they're going to have are mainly emotional and psychological because they spend a good percentage of their time online, more so than Gen Z's. And that's going to be a whole different dynamic that society will have to deal with as these people grow into adulthood. But the Gen Z's are recognizing things in real time. So, ladies, if you're wondering why you lost, if you are dating a boomer, are married to a boomer, or a Gen Xer, and you're wondering why they're going for a younger woman that's a Gen Z in her 30s? Nine times out of 10, it's because the dogs are barking. No, nine times out of 10, it's because of the fact that there's a nexus that they have that maybe you can learn from. Even some of the Gen Z men are having difficulty understanding where Gen Z women are going with this. More in a moment. All right, folks, we're going to continue. But one thing I want to get straight here before we go forward. There was a lady that's in the Gen Z generation that contacted me in regards to a situation that she was facing recently. Remember, she was the one that was going to Miami with her girlfriends and they were going to go down there pretty much to get laid. And this woman was married. Well, she contacted me, didn't want to lecture about her having an STD. She wanted to know how she'd get back into good graces with her husband. Now, she sent me another message back in rebuttal. I'm not going to start a back and forth here. She's the one that's contacted me initially to let me know that she was going down to Miami to mess around on her husband. Did I need to know that? Did you need to know that? No, you didn't. So she was doing this for her own self-aggrandizement. 
Well, I played the message of what she wanted to know. And of course, I gave her my answer. You heard it. Now she leaves another message that I'm not going to play because this woman's out for attention. This is what you'll run across people. Now, basically the gist of her message was that she was able to save her marriage, no thanks to my fledgling show. As if I really gave a tinker's damn about her fledgling marriage. But what I'm here to tell you is this. There are some people that will go and exploit themselves just to be noticed. So ma'am, you had your 15 seconds of fame. Now take your ass back into the shadows. See a counselor, whatever the hell you have to do. You're not going to be exposed on this show anymore. You're not going to be coming on this show anymore for anything. And I have rescinded my invitation to you to be a guest on it. How about that? So, folks, the thing you have to realize is this. Some people will literally do anything in order to pursue that attention. Now, this holds true in many generations of women. Now, when we talk about attention, let me tell you. Here's the thing. In the silent generation, boomer generation, even Gen X, women are a little bit more conservative. Um, as far as physical um, provocation, as far as what they would do physically in order to attract a man. You know, some women would wear the low-cut tops and all those things. Well, here's the thing. What may have been revealing back in the 80s and 90s may now be old hat. It's not uncommon for these women to just put on a dress and not have any panties underneath if they're going over to their boyfriend's house to get late. Now, the one thing that a lot of the Gen Z women are running into, and you've written, a few of you have written about this. One lady was in Walmart, and she was confronted by a woman that was from the boomer generation. And she walks up to this young lady and asks her, is she wearing any panties under her dress? Now, that's a very invasive thing. But now... I want you to think about the mindset of a woman who would ask a question like that to another woman. This woman would probably be okay with the government telling her about her reproductive rights. So now she's trying to act like she's morality enforcement. Asking this woman an inappropriate question like that. What if she doesn't have any panties on? She has a right to walk around like that. As long as she's not exposed, she's fine. But see, this is the problem. Now, people would classify that woman as a Karen. But here's the problem. A lot of these folks in my generation and before, and even Gen Xers got to realize that, hey, you know what? We had a problem with nudity. Our generation did. This younger generation doesn't have that problem like we do. They're more comfortable with who they are. And we look like the prudes. 
Every woman that I've dated understands that the one thing I cannot stand is a prudish woman. I'd rather be alone than to be with one of those because I've dealt with them before. They're boring. A lot of them are self-conscious. And a lot of them you will find, like a lot of you guys have, they lack confidence in themselves. So, and it's not uncommon for them to be self-critical to a point where they tear themselves down and make you not even want to deal with them physically or emotionally. These young women have picked that up and they understand it. Again, they're not flawless by no stretch, but they do have certain things at their advantage. Now, the one thing that they're missing, of course, is the experience, just like any youthful and young generation. But they have the resources there where they can use observation and they can make comparisons and contrasts to what has happened in the past compared to what's going to happen going forward. Now, it's funny because what you're seeing, it was one young lady, she's a Gen Xer, I mean Gen Zer, and she kind of described things pretty uh, fluidly. And I thought it was kind of interesting. She said, if you really look at the Republican Party, she said, my dad, mom, everybody in my family was Republican. She says, now they're confused. They're lost. She said, what I saw was just a whole bunch of people just falling in line. And when one train derailed off the track, everything did. The family split between Trump between DeSantis and between uh, Mike Huckabee. And what she said she found interesting was that none of those folks appealed to her. None of those folks had a message that related to anything she was contending with as a younger woman. The only thing she saw was a whole bunch of people that voted like their husbands did, which she did not want to do. And that's one of the reasons that deterred her from thinking about getting married. Because she didn't want a man controlling her like that. The second thing she didn't want, she didn't want a whole bunch of kids like all the other women in the family. And she said that she looked at her grandmother after listening to one of my podcasts and talked about how her grandmother has resentment because she never had a chance to really live the life she wanted to live because she was always putting everybody else before her. And she said a combination of these things have allowed her to go to the Democratic Party. And the interesting thing was she was telling me that the one thing that got her to really make this decision more so than anything was the fact that she noticed the envy from her other relatives because now she's making decisions of her own. She's thinking for herself. She's going to be the first person to graduate from college in her family ever. And so now she's considered the black sheep of the family. Even her mom and dad are treating her like 
She's on a long-handled spoon because she has broken the tradition. Now, the other thing that her folks don't know yet is that this young lady is bisexual. She's been with men, women, black, transgender. And she's afraid to lay that out on her family because that would just be the total coup de grace. So what she's doing now is she's kind of playing it neutral with them. But she said at some point she's going to have to tell them the truth. And she knows when that day comes, she's going to have to walk away and never look back. And this is where a lot of women in this category wind up. Because they're going to make the change. They're going to do something totally different from the norm. And they're going to be criticized and ostracized for it. They're going to be put in this category of woman that has now betrayed tradition. In other words, you become the enemy. Now, some are not in a position where they can take on that responsibility just yet. But there are others that have it brewing. Now, another thing you will find with these Gen Z women, they're going to be very supportive of transgender and LGBTQ people. And the reason being is that in some ways they're feeling the pressures because they're thinking out of the box now. And see, in fact, this generation is the one that may throw away the box. Because the whole thing has been where You've had to live in fear. And this is what they've looked at. And this is the thing I used to challenge and question even in my youth. Why do you fear God? Why do you fear all these things? What's that supposed to do? Don't you get tired of being scared? Don't you get tired of being judged where you don't know whether or not you've done something well enough? Some people get so tired, they start becoming God themselves, judging other people. I'm all prayed up. You still have some to go. How the hell do they know? So what has happened now, the people have been fatigued and tired of the vigilance. They're asking, why are you doing this? As I told the pastor when I was a kid, if God sees everything, then why come to church dressed up? We're doing it for other parishioners and you. We're not doing it for God. Of course, you buck tradition with that, right? Oh, they want to distance themselves from you and not be so close. But now, if it's successful and you have a whole bunch of money behind it, oh, shit, they're your best friend. You can find those people on any street corner. They're always readily available. So the main thing to keep in mind, folks, is this. The Gen Z population, even though, as we've always traditionally done throughout the past, we've always marginalized the next generation behind us, we were always better than everybody else. We we're better than the old folks, and we we're better than the new people. 
but we're full of ourselves and full of shit with that because we're not. The only thing that's changed is that your exposure to certain things that were allowed in your generation. Many of us boomers that were late boomers, we enjoyed the benefit of Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, and Gen Alpha. So you look at it, we have several generations, not only to learn from, but also to understand. And sometimes we don't like that because in the past it's always been a draconian experience from the lost generation to the greatest generation to the silent generation to the boomers where it's always been we know best, you know nothing. And this has changed. Now a lot of people don't like like hearing what I'm saying but that's just the way it is. That's the way we're going socially. We're starting to address things. We're starting to address mental illness. You got to remember, in my generation and generations before it, even including the Gen X generation, what they tried to do was hide the mental illness. Many times in Gen Y, they made fun of the mental illness. In Gen Z, it's part of the sensitivities that they don't take lightly and they don't laugh about. Gen Alpha definitely is going to take mental health and mental illness seriously. Because it's been one of those things where, oh, we'll just put them in the back room and forget about it. That's the way families used to do people. Because it would bring embarrassment to the family. The family name, tradition, and reputation was more important than the person that was representing the family. It was like you were a company employee. They had to take the party line. For what reason? You weren't getting a salary for it. And nobody would give a shit once they died whether or not you carried it on or not. That was something you did. Because you were indoctrinated to do it. Doesn't mean it was right. It just means that it had to be done. Out of tradition. For somebody else's benefit, not your own. You can learn some things from it. But for the most part, things change. And with those changes, you have to change in the environment. Look at the royal family in the UK. They had to change up some things. It couldn't just stay the same way it used to be. These are the things we contend with. More in a moment, folks. Carol asks the following question. Your favorite band, who is it? I would have to say Air, A-I-R, out of Versailles, France. It's a duo. And um, I just like their music. It's very easy going. It reminds me a lot of my music as well. So it works very well. Now, okay, let's get back to... Gen Z women. So I hope I answered your question, dear. That was Benita out of St. Louis, Missouri that asked that question. All right, folks. um, The other thing about Gen Z women. They're questioning society. 
They're asking questions. Again, these women are not perfect by no stretch. Let's get that established. The thing that I admire about them the most is that they have tenacity and they're not backing down. They're not expecting much from men in the sense that I'm talking about the materialistic stuff. This is the generation of women that say, I can buy my own shit. I don't need him for that. So they're looking for something where they can build something with a man. They don't have to control him, and yet they're not going to be controlled. You're starting to see the first droppings of egalitarianism in relationships where the women are demanding it. In the past, a lot of women have demanded it of men to provide them, take care of them, do this for them, do that for them. These women are being left behind because these men are realizing, hey, why should I do this when I have a woman that can go and have an equal risk as I do in investing in a relationship? A lot of these Gen Z women are going Dutch during the first date. In some cases, guess what? they're more receptive to a cheap first date than they would be for an expensive one because they've grown out of that mindset. They've been in struggling families. They've seen their parents divorcing. They've seen dad spend all kind of money in order to please mom and the shit didn't work. And in some cases they saw mom take dad to the cleaners in court. So they've been through it. And so they know now how to set their expectations. Now, does this apply to every woman that falls into that category that was born from 1996 up to 2009? No, it does not. But these are some of the major characteristics you may find in them as you meet them, fellas. These are the women right now that are most sought when it comes to mindset, when it comes to thinking things through, when it comes to that woman that you will need, not the one you want, but the one you need, she'll probably be in this category. She will more than likely be in this category. Now, the benefit to dating one of these women they're going to have a few battle scars compared to other women because these women are not going to be so quick to go into relationships. They're not going to be so quick to fall so deeply into them that they lose themselves because they go in with a sense of self and understanding so that they're balanced all the way through. They look at the example of their mothers and grandmothers that have gone through divorces and they saw how fucked up they were and how some of them had treated some of the men they've dated afterwards. So they understand. But again, what happens? They're marginalized a lot of times. Now, here's the problem with many of the Gen Z women. When they try to relate to and explain to some of these alpha females, Gen Alpha types that are in their teens, so forth, 
what they have to understand about these young ladies is that they think they have all the answers now. They're still evolving. So they're laying off trying to really coach these women more so than those that are in the next generation, the Gen Y. They're the ones that are telling these teenage girls, oh, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do this. And these are the women that are getting cussed out in many of these forums by some of these teenage girls. When that woman that was a single mom back in the 90s is saying, hey, you know, you need to really wise up. You need to really think things through. And they're saying, who the hell are you talking to? They can't relate. A lot of Gen X moms are trying to do this with these young girls. And what they're realizing is that Generation Alpha, they feel as though very few people are going to understand them because they grew up in a social media environment. And so as they see it, there's a sense of detachment because that's one thing that technology kind of teaches us to do, detach from people and objectify them. So what happens in those boundaries that we used to have before we had social media that existed was out of respect. And now more and more people are treating each other as if they're talking to them online. I don't give a shit about you, boom. The only thing is they can't block them. They ignore them. So these are going to be some of the challenges that has to be faced. And Gen Z, they're going to face this. Many of them will have children that will be in Generation Beta in the future. And that would be a whole different dynamic. I'd probably be dead by then. But that would be a whole different dynamic, a whole different society. So as we go through these different generations, there are different changes and different challenges. Now, Gen Z women are at a point where they have some of the best choices in men ever. It's the reason why I tell these young ladies, take your ass to school. Be able to support yourself so you can position yourself to make better decisions. Now, a lot of the Gen Z guys are kind of confused because they have so many directions to go in. You look at what's happening now. A lot of them are classifying themselves as non-binary and every other kind of classification you can imagine. What you're finding now are people, mainly men, who hate being male. Now, this causes some frustration for a lot of the Gen Z women. Because some of them want a guy that's not confused about his sexuality or confused about his gender. And this is why many of them are going for older men. And letting the other fellas kind of figure it out among themselves. 
Now, in any case, what we have to look at is they're very accepting and very understanding. So it won't be uncommon for a Gen Z biological female to wind up with a transgender Gen Z male to female. And you may see this also happen with Gen Y and in some cases Gen X and further on. See, the thing is, when one generation says something is okay to do, you're going to have the resistance from the oldest generation and then you're going to have people that are saying, thank God somebody spoke up. Now I can be myself. You know, it's like, uh, for instance, with what's happening with uh, the whole Republican election right now, the campaign. Everybody is going under Trump except Chris Christie that openly said, hey, why are you doing this? Now, there's a good possibility he won't win the primaries or anything like that, but he's actually that voice that nobody else is actually giving, isn't he? Folks, Trump is facing some serious charges. And I don't think he appreciates the magnitude of them. Had it been one of you or me, or even Speaker McCarthy, more than likely we'd have to take a plea if we had been in the situation he's in, which more than likely he may have to do on Tuesday. And if that's the case, the federal government only some as a grand jury when they know they have things in their favor. As again, I told you, they don't let you fuck up once. Oh no, they want you to fuck up as many times as you so desire. So when they take you to court, and you can ask any attorney out there, <laughs> the one thing they don't want to do is wind up in federal court. They'd rather deal with state county, federal. Now, I don't want to fuck with too much unless they specialize in those fields. Because they already know the deck is stacked. Now, here's a challenge for both the Democrats and Republicans. The Gen Zs are specifically with the Democrats for the most part based on the forward thinking and the progressive thought. However, there are many things that still have to be addressed besides the social wars. And they're going to have to look at these things in order to get that demographic. And what that means is that with this generation, you're going to see fewer indecisive people when it comes to politics and more indecisive people when it comes to gender and identity. This is going to be the trade-off. So, in any case, this is what we have to deal with. This is the nation we have. These are the people we have in it. Fellas, if you're looking for a good woman, 
you may find her in this category. Seriously. But understand a couple of things. She may not be ready to commit to a relationship. She may not be there emotionally. She may be more focused singularly on her career, on her future stability. She's not going to depend on you for that. And for those of you guys that are thinking you could do the old macho thing, that doesn't apply. And here's the interesting thing. A lot of these women would not classify themselves as feminist either. They classify themselves as woke and aware. Because they don't necessarily need some sort of an alliance in order to define them. They're self-defining. They only get with groups and organizations in order to further their own personal agendas. Because they have learned from watching other generations before them fail. And they have a pretty good thumbnail to look back on. Boomers, Gen X, Gen Y, and them. Three generations. Over 30 years. And then they have the technology to go with it. The information. Because you got to remember, when we were coming up, if you didn't go to the library, many of the things you did in life was based on ignorance. And that prevailed for many, many years, centuries. People lived in fear. People exploited that fear. Now you have a generation that have the facts and asking questions, and they want concrete answers. Well, folks, I enjoyed speaking with you, and I have to go. I want you to take care. Remember to treat each other better. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes, in the event for professional assistance. Please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. 
Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.